there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Varsity Club podcast. We are podcasting from sunny and surprisingly not too terrible or muggy or humid uh, Oklahoma. Chris Walsh is my guest this week. We're here in Oklahoma City for the Stillwater Regional. Oklahoma State is the quote-unquote host. Nebraska plays UConn Friday at noon. Um, This podcast is being recorded Thursday afternoon. Obviously, we'll have this up Friday morning, so hopefully you listen to it before Sunday or Monday afternoon when Nebraska has already been had their season ended. Um, That's the hope. Chris Walsh is making his podcast debut. What's up, man? How's it going? Good. Good. How was your... Is that the first time you've ever made that drive from Lincoln through Kansas to Oklahoma City? Is this your first time in Oklahoma City? Have you been here this before? This is. This is my first time in Oklahoma. I feel um, a lot of pressure to make this a good trip for you. You should. You should okay. feel a lot of pressure. Um, Have you been to Top Golf before? In Kansas City, I've been to Top Golf. How many times? Just once. Several? Just once? Okay, well, we're going to take you to Top Golf then. That's one of the things... I would like to take you to the Women's College World Series that's here, uh, but it apparently cost an arm and a leg to go to that thing. I'm good with top golf. We'll try to make it work. Let's Whatever. do it. So, yep, you had to drive through Kansas. Beautiful this time of year. It's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we've got stuff to talk about. We can talk about baseball, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on baseball um, because obviously we don't know what's going to happen with the baseball team over the next couple of days. Um, they could go two and out, and we could have driven down here for nothing, and you and I are both curses to the team, or they could win the whole damn thing, and we would have to go someplace else. Um, probably not, but we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. And, and the news of this week has been sort of, um, I'll put news in the air quotes, because I don't think it was, it shouldn't have been news to most people if you were paying attention Isaiah Roby sticking in the in the NBA draft. Um, the deadline was was May 29th. He kept his name in. He announced that he was sticking in. Um, I've seen mock drafts that have him late first, which I don't believe. I've seen mock drafts uh, from guys that I respect a great deal that have him late second or early second. Excuse me. Um, I've seen mock drafts that have him mid to late second, and I've seen mock drafts that don't have him being taken. He's sticking in. Um, There were a couple reports from ESPN's guys that he wanted some assurances that he'd be taken in the top 40 to keep his name in past the deadline. Um, I wonder how accurate those were. It's hard to really get an assurance when you're still almost a month out from the draft. Um, Though some guys left the combine with apparently promises from teams, so it could happen. It's not, you know, I saw a bunch of people that were ragging on Roby for keeping his name in even though he wasn't going to be a first round draft pick which I think is dumb because the whole the the way that they've changed NBA contracts and the way that they value youngsters in the NBA now I sound like an 80 year old person jeez 
Um, with the advent of two-way contracts, guys can stick in the G League and they can have 45 days up with an NBA team. And just the general growth of the G League and kind of it becoming more um, of a tool that teams use for roster construction rather than just kind of there floating in the nothingness. Um, it, there, you can get taken in the second round and be fine and have an NBA career. It's not a career killer like maybe it used to be. And there are guys, uh, you know, there was a report or a study that NBC Sports did that it was something like 65 of the 72 players that have been drafted uh, between 31 and 45 since uh, 2012. I think 65 of the 72, I hope I'm getting that number right, got a at least one-year guaranteed contract deal from the NBA team that picked them. Wow. Um, so it's not like like it's it, – it, if you're 60, you're probably not feeling great. But if you're high second rounder, mid second rounder, like you can get money. Like a guy uh, last year was the 40th pick in the draft, got three years, got a four year deal, three years guaranteed for $6.96 million. And that was at 40. So he was the 10th pick of the second round. It's pretty good. It's pretty good money. For sure. Were you surprised at all? Um, I say all that. Were you surprised at all to see Roby keep his name in? Um, would you have been more surprised to see him come back? What are kind of your thoughts on him as a pro prospect? We will start there and then get into the discussion that I really want to have with you. I guess I'm not I'm not too surprised by it. Um, I think Roby's a, a great talent. Uh, I know that there's a lot of people that were kind of hesitant on him going out with you could improve your draft stock your senior year and can improve those numbers, but the opposite could have happened also. He could have had a down year by what he's done so far in his career. That's what I've been saying. It takes one ankle turn in the first game. And For you're sure. Done. Injury, yeah. I mean, an injury can happen, and there goes there goes all of that. So to get a to get a grade like that and uh, to want to pursue that, I, I don't blame him one bit, and I'm not surprised. I think it's um, Jacob Padilla made this point to me a couple weeks ago we were talking about this, and... He's like the team that he's coming back to is not anyone that he's played, anyone that he knows. He doesn't know anybody on the team left, right. so he'd be coming back to a brand new team in a whole in a brand new situation and a brand new coach. So it would be like same situation. One of them you're getting paid. One right. of them you have to get up for a 9 a.m. econ class. Like, right? I know which one I'm gonna pick for sure. Yeah. Um, so. It, explain to people what you do for us. That's where we're, we will start. So my title is Head of Video and Digital Content. Um, basically, I try to make cool things for social media um, that help promote what the Huskers are doing, promote what we're doing as a company, and just try to spread those stories in an interesting way on social media. Find unique ways to share content and drive engagement. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's something that... I think a lot of organizations and corporations, not just specific to the sports world, but a lot of organizations in general are starting to see the benefits of um, driving engagement and, and driving conversation um, through social media, Twitter, Instagram. What do you think is, uh, we're a little off topic here, but I'm kind of curious on this, Chris Gorman that works for us, mm -hmm. like Instagram is his baby, it's like his, his child, and I, I'm curious, like... I prefer Twitter. I don't like Instagram, but I will use it. Which one do you prefer? Which uh, one do you think has has more reach and is, I guess, more critical for 
a company to utilize properly? I think it depends on the company. Um, me, personally, I love Twitter. Twitter's where I'm at 95% of the time. It's just the most like live update, live feel of any of the social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, each, each platform kind of plays to a different audience. So Facebook, you have more of an older crowd that are kind of engaged there. Instagram's where your high schoolers and your young people are at. And then middle-aged dudes like us, maybe, are on Twitter. Um, are we middle-aged? I don't, I don't, I don't know think we're we, middle-aged. I don't know if we're middle-aged. But like, I, feel like, I feel like dudes our age are probably more on Twitter than they are on we're Instagram. We're like middle of the way to middle age. I'm going to stick on that cons- for a little bit. What do you consider middle-aged? Like, like? 50. See, I, that's Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to consider myself middle-aged, because that means I only have 25 years left of life. Okay, okay, that's fair. So that's, that's maybe not middle-aged, but I would say, like... I'm going to stick on this. Don't sell me short. <laughs> don't sell yourself short. You you're have right. plenty you're of right. time left you're on right. this you're earth. You're right, you're right, you're right. I would say... The 20s and the 30s, those type of people, okay. they're probably spending more time on Twitter than they are on Instagram and on Facebook. Whereas my brother, who is 19, is spending a lot of much time, more time on Instagram. A lot of time on Instagram. Yep, for Instagram sure. is the thing. So each one, to a degree, plays to a different audience. And I think the thing that people are starting, and really the, the main thing that I want to talk to you about, the thing that um, sports organizations at the professional ranks and athletic departments at the college level are starting to realize is there is some serious benefit to being a social media star um you you can do a lot for your brand you can create sort of an image for yourself that's separate from like alabama can have the um alabama um aura so to speak they don't have to change their uniforms they can be we're not changing, like, super old. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, but at the sure. same time, they could create Twitter, Instagram, and maybe Snapchat if they wanted to a lesser degree, Facebook. They could create brands on that that are more modern, that appeal to kids that they're trying to recruit. Um, For sure. And, and without having to get rid of the, you know, we're Alabama, we're one of the eight programs that doesn't have to change anything about ourselves because uh, history. And this is all about recruiting. Right. For sure. So social media, we've always said this, social media is the front door to your university or to your company or to your brand. Um, Oftentimes that's the first thing that you see. For example, say Recruit has uh, Nebraska come and visit them. One of the first things that they might do is go check them out on Instagram or go check them out on Twitter and see what they're all about. That's a good first indicator into kind of picturing yourself in that environment. Um, and that's why oftentimes you see universities post videos of like their facilities and showing off some of the perks that there are to going to that school, whether it's check out our academic staff, check out our facilities, check out all of these different things that are very appealing to recruits. Um, Right, you see, like, it's, Nebraska it's front door. Nebraska shows off the training table. They show off the academic support unit that they have right. uh, in North Stadium. They show off Hawks a lot. They show off <laughs> not a ton of the weight room unless you're following Zach Duval on Twitter. Um, but there's a lot of stuff 
from there. I mean, there's a lot of practice footage, and and for some programs that don't provide a ton of access to media, um, or in Nebraska's case where media doesn't get to come in and watch practice, uh, short of save for 30 minutes um, every two or three weeks or something like that in the off season, um, it's a good kind of window into um, you know what's going on. But it's also it, it's those programs controlling the message and controlling what it looks like. And it's a way to really kind of do some some cool stuff. You have kind of a unique um, insight into it that you worked with the Nebraska Department. I don't, I'm not going to ask you to um, give away, you know, insight. Like, I'm not going to ask you to have insider trading on the podcast about the inner workings of Nebraska's social media team. But, like, how do, um, from your perspective, how do, how do, we'll keep it specific to college football teams, how do they view social media? Do you think um, social media is expanding in terms of how athletic departments are using it, or have we hit kind of the peak of you know what we're going to see? That's a good question. I think I think we're only going to continue to grow. I think that bird really wants to be on the podcast <laughs> desperately. We're outside, by the way. I don't know if I said that before, but we're outside. Sorry. Continue. Um. So I feel like. Social media, to an extent, is always going to be here. What it looks like, say, 10 years from now, who who knows? Um, that's why at the university we called it the Creative and Emerging Media Department, um, because at the end of the day, it might not be social media in five years. It might be something completely different, but it's going to require a creative way of thinking and how do we tell our story onto that platform. And so I think... It's always going to stick around. There's always going to be a new way to tell um, the story of what's going on with your brand or specifically at Nebraska. Um, and so it's just how does that change and where do we evolve it as, as time goes on? And there are a lot of different ways um, outside of, you know, two-minute video clips or video mashups of a practice or, or things like that. Like um, when Roby made his announcement that he was – that he was sticking in the NBA draft, there was a graphic that was made for him, and it and I thought it was, it was unique in that it took, you know, athlete announcements on social media now are just like, hey, I'm gonna write something up in the notes app and I'm gonna tweet a screenshot of it, and it literally took that, but then it put it on a graphic that I thought was a pretty cool graphic outside of the note. I thought, I thought it was very interesting that the, or actually, I'm not going to say interesting. I loved the fact that it still had the battery status at the top of the screenshot and, like, the uh, the network status at the top of the screenshot on his on his graphic. I loved that so much. I thought that was great. Um, but the graphic, was, and, and you can do a lot of different things with it, and I think the biggest thing that everyone is moving towards is recruiting, recruiting visuals, um, 17, 18 year old kids want to have Twitter clout. They want to have the coolest thing on Twitter. They want to have the coolest profiles. They want to get a bunch of likes and retweets. And um, recruiting visuals are kind of a a, a, a step into that space um, from athletic departments, I guess. Yeah. How, how, how have you seen Nebraska kind of utilize that to um, maybe kind of break into that space if they haven't been? previously so it's it's a long uh 
it's been a journey I would say in that in that standpoint um, as teams kind of recognize the importance of social media um, the demands and um, what is wanted in those kind of recruiting instances is definitely heightened um, and so previously there might be just a couple people that are spending some time kind of helping out with recruiting graphics now it's kind of an army of students and full-timers that are helping to create um, these graphics for these recruits right like you guys had a department you guys had a team that did that for sure that was the job that was yeah that was definitely part of what what happened within our office um, and yeah it's just trying to create something that is on brand for Nebraska but is also something very eye-catching um, to the recruit and so that's that's the kind of teeter-totter that you try to find a balance in um, and kind of like you were talking about with Roby having his post a whole different realm that's kind of opened up here over the past couple of years is like using your current student athletes to kind of promote your program and promote kind of what's going on so it's kind of a whole different avenue where like two years ago you might not have even thought like hey we should have Isaiah Roby post this graphic rather than have it come from the Nebraska basketball account so I right. think there's there's a bit of a shift right now where like yes let's drive things through our current account like the basketball account but let's also utilize our student athletes that so many people are following and keeping tabs on and have them help share what we have going on and so I think that's a whole different avenue that'll be really interesting to follow. That, that's a really good point I hadn't, hadn't thought about it that way um, Lincoln Riley Oklahoma has kind of been one of the I, I would say the driving forces behind kind of that movement he tweets a ton of videos that I guess their version of the creative and emerging media department would create um, there's one kid that works for them and he's tremendous and I know him and he's the one that makes all those videos um, but Lincoln tweets them instead of them coming from the main account so that's strategic definitely strategic okay and when Mike Riley was coach we had a lot of control over what was coming from his account so there were times where he was tweeting out a picture with Chance the Rapper or with Kendrick Lamar. Like, that was us kind of helping him uh, push forward that notion of, like, I'm the cool coach. So you Mike Riley didn't run his Twitter account? Believe it or not, that was not Mike Riley. Wow, I'm shocked. <laughs> I thought Mike Riley was all on board with Twitter. Blessings keep falling in his lap, you know. <laughs> that, came straight, that came straight from his brain. <laughs> but... But yeah, so it's it's a whole different it's a whole different realm than what you may have thought of just a few years ago. There's more accounts that you need to be thinking strategically about other than just your main football account. Think about what can we do with Mo Berry right now? What can we do with Adrian right now? There's so many different avenues that you can kind of push your content on and get a different kind of feel for what you're doing. Do you think this whole thing, and I'm sure you probably don't, but I kind of just want to get into this conversation. Do you, I mean, do you think this whole thing is strange or weird or dumb that there's so much emphasis put on um, tweets and pictures that are on tweets? And I asked this because I asked Bill Moose when I was, I had to sit down with Bill Moose a couple weeks ago, and one of the things we talked about was facilities. And... 
Nebraska's facilities, as he put it to me, and, and he's 100% right, they're great right now. They're at, more than adequate right now was the, the phrasing that he used. Um, their, strength, their strength and conditioning room is great. They've got everything that Zach Duvall needs. They're buying new weights because he needs new weights, but for the most part, they've got everything that Zach Duvall needs. And yet, we're in a phase where I think kind of one of the trendy things to talk about is upgrading the facilities, upgrading the weight room, upgrading the locker room, getting new fancy stuff. And it all is very surface level. It's all very um, aesthetic. It's all geared towards... It, it, it's all for that kind of shock factor when you bring a kid on a visit. And I, I asked him, kids care about this a lot. 17-year-olds care about this a lot. They care about what looks coolest. That's why Oregon has been so successful. Because kids care about that stuff. And I asked him, do you think that's dumb? Or do you guys have to just play the game? And he said they shouldn't care as much as they do, but they do, which means we have to play the game. Is that kind of the same... Do you get kind of that same vibe as it relates to social media? Absolutely. I Yeah, I that hits the nail on the head. I think so much of kind of culture today is so hype-based and, like, I want to have the cool stuff. I want to wear the Supreme hoodie. I want to have the fresh kicks. They're so have, stupid. It's it's all of that stuff. That's There was a kid, not to interrupt you, <laughs> Go ahead. there was a kid uh, at an NBA <clears throat> playoff game this, this cycle that had, he had a, like a t-shirt and a, and a zip-up hoodie on, very basic plain clothing, and then a bright red Supreme bandana across his forehead. Yep. The stupidest thing I've ever seen. That's, I mean, that's that's it, man. That's that's today. That's hype. I just wanted that's a second whole, to rant about that. That's the whole hype culture. So that's dumb. That's what it's all about. So dumb. Don't play that game. Don't play that but game. But you're kind of a sneakerhead, right? You're a little bit of a sneakerhead. I don't understand the Supreme thing, though. That's fine. Like, guys that but have sleeves that have Supreme... Like, why is it... It just looks like a sleeve with the word on it, and it's like $700. It's true. That's that's essentially what it is. Sometimes I really don't understand fashion. I don't disagree with I that. really don't. Sometimes it's very stupid. We're very off topic. Sorry. Slightly. Hype culture. So, yeah, it's, it's, this whole, it's this whole idea of, like, I want to be where it's hot. I want to I be where it's cool to be. Um, and having that aesthetic and having the top-notch facilities that are all glass and are all flash and present that feeling to recruits, it's, it's important. And it may be silly, and we might, might look back on this in 30 years and be like, why did we care so much about the shiny machine in the weight room? Right. But that's... That's kind of the nature of the beast right now. So it's either keep up or keep out. It's kind of how it is. From your experience, either seeing it up close or seeing social media reactions since then or, or reaction from fans, how do you think the the reception is from kids towards Nebraska and towards just this stuff in general? The kids I, that it's geared towards, how do you see the, the reception of it? I see a lot of recruits posting the the graphics that they're sent and that's that's always a good sign you you don't want to post something that you you don't like um so at the end of the or day like that's, send it to the kid and have him not post it right that would be that would not be great and that happens really um, oh for sure if if a kid doesn't like the graphic then he doesn't have to post it does he then go to 
any of the like 80,000 uh, middle school and high school kids that have graphics on their Twitter account that are constantly in people's replies saying, hey, DM me for an edit, DM me for... Do they go to them? Sometimes. I How mean, do you guys feel about them? That's a question I want to ask. I mean, you got to start somewhere, so I respect the hustle. The thing that I don't love is the whole stealing content aspect of it, where you feel like, oh, there's a Husker jersey I can use, and you decide that you're going to steal, say, Hale Varsity's photo and use it for your purposes for this recruit. I don't love that aspect of it. I think there needs to be a better way to kind of police um, how people are getting what they're getting. Um, but, I mean, again, I respect the hustle. Like, if you if you really want to make graphics and this is your way of doing it, then keep on hustling. I, 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 see, I see no issue. I will just say that if you're going to be obnoxious about it, be good at it. That's my one caveat. I'm, I, yeah, I'm fine I, with it if you're just gonna, if you're gonna be obnoxious about it, be good at it. I because there are a couple people that I've seen that are obnoxious about it and they're not good at it. I'm not gonna name names. I'm not gonna ask you to name names, and I apologize for continuing to interrupt you. No, you're good. That was kind of all I had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, yeah. I. That's. I don't have an issue with that. I don't know, man. I just think I think this is really interesting. I think we're in a very interesting time. Um, where this stuff has a, a significant impact on, I mean, like everybody calls recruiting the lifeblood of a program, which it is. And this stuff has a significant impact on that. This stuff has a significant impact on the lifeblood of a program, on the long-term sustainability of a program. And maybe significant is giving it too much credence, but a not insignificant impact. I think, I think it's pretty significant. Obviously I'm a little bit biased because I'm, that's what you do. That's what I do. Right. So, hashtag job security. Um, but, <laughs> but like it's it's a thing, man. It's it's a beast, and you have to get to embrace it and try to make cool stuff um, and tell your brand story in the in the best way you can. And I think it's it's so interesting. There's one program that when they were building, I guess renovating is a better word, renovating facilities. They actually did one of the rooms in part so that they could have it for visit pictures. Like you see the kids that, that come on recruiting visits and they tweet out um, pictures. Like for Nebraska, it used to be on the field inside Memorial Stadium, and now it's um, that illuminated arch that's inside the stadium somewhere that I still haven't uh, seen that I need to go see. Um, but it's cool. But that that I'm talking about, there was a program that when they did their – uh, stadium renovations they actually it, it was part of the renovation that they wanted a room that was specifically for that that was designed specifically for them to take kids for their pictures when they're on a recruiting visit and um you mentioned this off pod that wall that texas has like that's i think it's texas yeah, yeah it's definitely because i've seen it's like a big shiny metal wall mm-hmm. with lights on yeah and it's it i i just think we're in a a weird age and I say weird because you made a comment earlier where you said we could look back on this 30 years from now and be like why the hell do we care about this so much and I feel like that's a very realistic possibility while at the same time we could go 30 years from now and we could look back on it and be like man we really weren't utilizing this as much as we could have been totally um VR maybe becomes a thing 
Yeah. Did you guys ever have conversations about how to use VR? We actually had a couple VR things that we created. Really? Um, yeah, it was kind of a... You put on the Oculus lenses and it's like a tour basically through what a typical game day looks like in Lincoln. So mm-hmm. you start off by getting off the bus and walking through Unity Walk and then getting ready in the locker room and doing tunnel walk and all of it. And it was 360. We had a 360 camera that we carried around that like recorded all of it. It was That's really interesting. It was super cool. Yeah. This, this is more personal preference for you. Do you view that space VR as more niche or do you view it as like the next thing? It, I think the the struggle with it right now is like how do you get that to your phone? How do you like how do you make VR much more accessible? I think right now, like, there's, like, the 360, like, Facebook things, which are super cool, but, like... It's not anywhere close to VR. As, right. And as somebody who has it's a VR headset, yet. there's, like, a very... It's not there yet. There's sure. a very significant barrier to entry in that space where you can't just have it... Like, with a recruiting graphic <laughs> or a video that you create, anybody can pull up Twitter on their phone and watch it. Yeah. With anything VR... You have to have a phone, you have to have A, a phone that can run it, B, the headset for it, which can be, I mean, if you buy like the Google Cardboard or whatever that thing is, it's crap, but it's, it's, um, that, that sounds very elitist. It, it, it will do what the, it's priced for, but it's not very expensive. Sure. Or you can get, um, like my roommate in college had a headset that was like $700. Like you can get super high end ones, but like I said, there's a very big barrier to entry into that space. For so sure. I'm always curious how people feel about that because I, I see and read and hear people talk about being the next frontier. And I also see and hear and read people talking about that being um, something that's very, it's a very niche market. I think how do we make it more mobile is the biggest, the biggest More thing. mobile? Yeah. How do we, how do we make it so that you can watch that from your phone and have that 360 experience. Um, I think that's, that's the, that's the challenge. And like, right. I mean, with that, it was like on these big goggles that you put on, like, it's not really something that you can bring into a recruits house and be like, Hey, check this out. Right. Like there's a big computer and everything that needs to come with it. So like, how do you make it more mobile for those instances is I think where that needs to progress and then maybe it could it could be a huge game changer what is something you've always wanted to do social media wise whether it be um a brand whether it be a campaign whether it be um like a vision that you've had for how or or maybe just like one edit that you've always wanted to do that you've never done what's something that you've wanted to do in that space that you haven't done yet um, I'm putting you on the spot you here. You are. That's a good question. I didn't man. prepare you for this question. You did not at all. Uh, I don't know if it's more like a piece of content that I want to specifically create, but there's like events that are definitely on my bucket list that I would love to be there to help create social content for. Like, I would love to go to Wimbledon someday and cover Wimbledon for two weeks. I think that would be awesome. I think that. That's probably my number one, honestly. I think really? two weeks at Wimbledon, hopefully soon, so I can see Roger. Um, I think that would be awesome. And I think I was always a Rafa guy. 
Is this going to hurt our friendship? It could. We'll talk later. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think doing a big event like that, I think, would be crazy just because there's so many holes that you have to fill throughout, like, a two-week event. Right. So, like, just the creative idea of, like, how do you lead up to that final? How do you lead up even to that event? I know a couple years ago they did the super cool series where they did like a ton of behind the scenes kind of videos. So they like had like a sit down interview and like followed around like a ball boy one day and it was awesome. Um, so being able to cover a big event like that and share that kind of content would be sweet. Interesting. Yeah. Go tennis. Go tennis. Never would have pegged you as a tennis guy. Or the Cubs. You know, any Cubs game would be fine. I'd, I'd go do a Cubs game. Okay. Interesting. I but then I'd also go to England. Never know? would have pegged you as a tennis guy. Yeah, I love me some tennis, man. Where's Wimbledon at? Like, where is it played at? It's in London. It's in London? Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> pretty sure it's in it's, it's for sure in England. It's England. We could go there and I can go see a Spurs game. There you go. I think we end it there. That was a good podcast. I think this stuff is very interesting, so I'm happy that we can spend, you know, 40 or so minutes talking about it. I really appreciate your your insight. I think you've got some unique insight. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I'd love to come on again. Glad you got to make it on. Yeah, me too. Maybe we'll, uh, you can just take over for Kyle as the baseball guy, and we'll do another one next week, recapping what happened baseball-wise. Yeah, shut up, Kyle. You suck. <laughs> Kyle has lost his job. Um... <laughs> All right, we will. Uh, we're gonna do a couple podcasts next week. One talking with Jacob Padilla and Isaiah Roby, and then one talking. Uh, it was going to be Kyle Cardell on baseball. It will now be Chris Walsh on baseball next week. So stay tuned for that. We will have baseball coverage throughout the weekend on HillVarsity.com. Uh, lots of other stuff on HillVarsity.com. I don't think there's anything else going on right now. Football Nation Big Red Tour, whatever that was called. Um, happened Thursday. Big Red Blitz. Big Red Blitz. Big Red Blitz. Stay on brand. Big Red Blitz happened on Thursday. Um, there will be coverage on HailVarsity.com, hopefully up by the time you're listening to this podcast. So uh, bookmark the page. and Oh, and, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, so we're on iTunes. This podcast is. Also, the radio show is on iTunes. Subscribe to both of them. Is it ratings? Is it reviews? What do you look for on iTunes? What do you ask people to get on iTunes? Uh, give us five stars, right? Yes. Right? Not it? I think so. Yeah. Give yeah. us five stars. If you like what you heard, give us five stars. And even if you didn't like what you heard, just give us five stars because I asked you very nicely. Please and thank you. All right. We will be back uh, Wednesday with another podcast and then Friday with another podcast. So talk to you guys then. Thanks, guys.